They used to call him and his sister the cruise missiles. <laughs> I think their uncle called them that, right? I remember that. Everybody get out your cell phone. Hold it in your hand. Everybody get it out. Cell phone, tablet. There you go. Hold it in your hand. I didn't have our technology guys worry about this, so put some pretty picture up there for them to look at. They're going to need it. Um, so I'll just read to you. But hold your cell phone. Go ahead. Check your Facebook. Go ahead. Check your Facebook. Uh, check your email. Uh, check uh, Instagram. I love this stool. I've been looking at this stool. Um, check, um, what is that, Twitter? Twitter. Um, go ahead, check it. Y'all don't be looking at me. Look, I know the pose. I know the pose. I've seen it from up front many times. Go ahead, look at it. Check it. Some of y'all are already through checking all that? My gosh. Okay, Jesus. John chapter 1 is where I'm going to read from. You can look if you want to, and, and you can, some of you that pretend to be following along with the Scripture on your device, go ahead and pretend that uh, while you're doing the other stuff. Uh, it's easy to tell from the aisle looking down at you, whether it's Facebook or the Scripture, you know, it's really easy to spot. Or checking your photos from last night or posting something. You know, that's, that's good. Go ahead. Hold it in your hand. Don't put it up. Keep it out. Please, please keep it out. It, it's too much of a distraction when you have to reach for it and fumble around. Just keep it out. You're going to need it again. John chapter 1. In fact, I'm going to talk about John. Not this John. Pastor John. Talking about another John that was pretty famous. Um, I'm going to read from verse beginning at verse 19. This was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders sent priests and temple assistants from Jerusalem to ask John, Who are you? He came right out and said, I am not the Messiah. Well then, who are you? They asked. Are you Elijah? No, he replied. Are you the prophet we are expecting? No. Then who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? <laughs> John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah. That's from Isaiah chapter 40 if you're interested in that. I'm a voice shouting in the wilderness. Clear the way for the Lord's coming. What could John have said? John could have said a lot of things. John the Baptist. I grew up down the street from John the Baptist. Um, I did. Uh, see, I was Ronnie, the Assembly of God. And uh, his actual name was John Tittle, but he was uh, about a head taller than me and, and thought he was smarter than me. And he was. I wouldn't have passed chemistry without him. 
Uh, I copied off of him. He didn't help me. I copied. Um, he tried to beat me up over that. Uh, but uh, he always would say, I'm John the Baptist, because they went to the Baptist church around the corner. And I said, no, you ain't. And he said, so anyway, that's the way it started. We never got along. Uh, but what could John have said? Who are you? And most of us, I like talking. I like talking. I talk all day. Well, I listen a lot, too. That's my job, talking and listening. But when somebody asks me about me, man, it's hard for me not to talk about me because I like talking about me. Most men do from what I understand. I don't know, but I've heard that. John could have said, he wouldn't have said, I'm John the Baptist, because he didn't call himself that. They called him, that's John, the guy that baptizes people, the Baptist. He could have said, I'm Zechariah's son. Not Zechariah, Zechariah, the high priest, the priest. And the deal about that was Zechariah was not only a priest, he was from the priestly lineage of Abijah. And John could have said, I'm a priest on both sides. Mama and Daddy both descended from priestly lines. Mama did too. She came through a priestly line also. He could have said, I checked my ancestry.com and we're an awesome bunch of people. Especially if you're counting religiously. You know, some of y'all been going to church all your life, like me. I've been to church more than I've been to the bathroom. And John could have bragged about being the son of a priest. And he could have bragged about being a miracle baby, you know. He was a miracle baby. He's the one that they'd always wanted and couldn't have. Not like, you know, some of you that were the last surprise mom and daddy. They didn't want you anyway. You came along and you're like, oh, dear Jesus, what are we going to do about this? I'm, I'm number five of five, the youngest, the best looking, and the smartest. <laughs> They'll tell you that, and if they don't, I'll tell you that. So, John could have said, I'm that miracle baby. My parents were too old to have kids. They didn't have little blue pills or nothing back then, so way too old. And stuff didn't work well. That, that laugh right there is Judy. I know her. As much as she's heard me, she still laughs. I don't, she's not at home, though. Not much laughing. Huh? Um, he could have said, I'm the cousin of Jesus, which I, I'm not sure that would have got him anywhere. You know, that's, it's kind of like sometimes your cousins, you don't want, are y'all kin? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, no. Yeah, well, sort of, yeah. Yeah, and not 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 direct. Kind of. Well, that's my wife's side of the family. Um, but you know, John could have claimed to, to have known a lot of stuff because growing up in the house with two priestly parents from the priestly lineage, he had been to church. No, not church because they didn't have church. To the synagogue and to the temple more than anybody, and he'd heard all the teaching and all the stories. He knew the Old Testament frontwards and backwards. You can bet he could quote large portions, if not the entirety, of the Torah. 
And he could have bragged about that. You know, there's sometimes I think I know stuff because I went to school and I read a book one time. And, and uh, somebody asked me the other day in one of my little gigs that I was doing, I was rambling like I do sometimes. And, and by the way, the reason you're still holding your phone is I hate to bore people. And the indicator is when they start, when a big part of the group starts looking at their phone, you know you've lost them. All you people that speak, that public speak, um, and get up in front, when, when we're all looking down at our device, we're tired of listening to you. So stop. Just stop. But he could have said so much. Let me quit rambling down this rabbit trail. See, um, John had a special place. And being called like he was. He knew what it was. And people came from everywhere to hear him. You know, he did the backwards deal. Most of the time, if a speaker wants you to listen to them, they'll go where the crowds are and make their presentations and put up billboards and do YouTube videos. And we, Oh, I love YouTube. Speaking of, speaking of that device, you know, you're holding it so you can look down. But, but when you get tired of listening. But YouTube, man, that's, that's great. You can learn how to do anything in five minutes on YouTube. A 12-minute video, you can take over the world. I can, I can teach a whole lesson in history after listening to Crash Course for a few minutes. You know, y'all know Crash Course? Oh, yeah, Crash Course. If you're going to college and you don't know about Crash Course, you're dumb. You better find Crash Course right now because that's the way to pass a test right there, Crash Course. John Green, man, that dude, he's got it together. Him and his brother and a bunch of them people, they got it going. Watch Crash Course. If you're taking a psychology test this week, I know we got psychologists here, so if you're going to take, just watch Crash Course. That's all you need. You know, that one book I read, that was enough because I watch Crash Course now. I was watching, uh, what's that show with all those smart people? You know, you know what I'm talking about. They ask a question, and you got to come back with a, another question. Who was or what was? Yes, Jeopardy. Oh, we're in Jeopardy. Wait a minute. We're in Jeopardy. I like to watch it. Judy hates it, but I like to watch it, partly because she hates it. But um, <laughs> but uh, they, they, I, I turn it on while I'm doing something, messing around there, because I don't sit down very long, as you can see, but. They ask questions, and I'm thinking, oh, I know that one. That one's Julius Caesar. I, I, I know that one. That one's, but most of the time I don't know them, you know. I have no idea, and I wonder how smart, how these people got so smart. I was listening the other day, and all, and, and the two questions I got in the whole show was, who was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? I got that one. And I got, what is a concussion? And I've had a few, a few, a few, a few of them. But John knew where his position was. 
and uh, it wasn't great. He lived in the wilderness. Wilderness didn't mean way out in Montana somewhere. It meant the wilderness meant outside of city, outside of populous areas. Uh, and if you've been to the Middle East and uh, especially around the Sea of Galilee, you'll understand that he, he meant out in those between areas, like between Tiberias and Capernaum and all of those places, he, out in that, that part, that area. And people went to him. They went to the wilderness. Usually we go to the big city. Like Friday night I went to the big city and watched the World Series and that tremendous game and Garcia and Seeger and all that stuff. And man, it was great. Because my son has a little money and he loves me. How many sons do you have, John? Oh, three. Man, that'll be an easy gig right there. Yeah. You'd think that would, y'all probably already got tickets bought just going to surprise him, right? Yeah. But John's answer was, I'm a voice. I'm a mouth. That's what I do best. But John knew he was a voice. And of all the things he could have said, he picked that one. Quoted a scripture and doing it. Knew that meant him. Knew he was prophesied about in a, in a way. But he, he said, I'm just a voice. Of all the credentials he could have pulled out, of all the cards he could have shown, of all the titles he could have had on there, he said, I'm a voice. One crying in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. When they pushed him, he didn't even get off on talking about himself. And there's nothing wrong with talking about yourself. Sometimes church has, and religion seems to belittle people to think that humility means that you hide everything good you do. No, that's not humility. That's kind of false humility. Because inside we're dying for somebody to know that we have done something worth doing. All of us. We want somebody to nod their head in approval to us or say you did a good job. Every stinking one of us wants that. But somehow we get the feeling that we're not supposed to be there. So I'm not telling you John ignored all of that and just said, all I am is the speaker. All I am is the one who talks. But he was willing to take the job that was given him without really comparing to anyone else because he was being confronted by religious leaders and the people they sent to him to question. In fact, they said, man, we got to give those people an answer. You're going to have to tell us something about who you are. And he didn't name drop by saying, I'm Zechariah's son. And he didn't try to compare himself to anyone else. He just said, I'm a voice. You know, Jesus came along and and, of course, Jesus and John were cousins, like second cousins. Our moms were cousins. And uh, Jesus talked about John a lot. In fact, it's an interesting read to go through the Scripture and read just about what Jesus said about John. That's, that's really cool. Jesus bragged on him a lot. 
Jesus said he's the greatest in the kingdom of God, and then he said, but the least is greater than him. And that's a good little philosophical study. I love philosophy. It's great. Get into that sometime. But the time that Jesus compared, you know, people try to compare Jesus and John the Baptist. It's real cool. They don't really compare themselves to each other at all. Except a couple of times, John's, John points at Jesus, says, there's the Lamb of God, and he was happy for his disciples to go follow him. There's the Son of God. Go follow him. Jesus compares them one time, and I love, it's in Luke, I think, um, it's in one of the Miller boys. Luke, I think it's Luke, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's in Luke. Uh, Luke um, chapter 7, probably chapter 7. Look at that. I'm, I'm bad with addresses. I can't remember yours either. But uh, Luke chapter 7 says something. Jesus, um, they're talking about John to Jesus, and, and Jesus gives a long little deal about who he is. And, and then he does a comparison between him and John. And I love it because uh, Jesus is so transparent. He says, John came preaching in the wilderness and not eating and drinking, and you said he has a demon. The Son of Man, talking about himself, came feasting and drinking. Well, Jesus went partying. I love that deal. I mean, the first miracle he did was turn water into wine. And if you think wine was grape juice, you don't know history. He said, the Son of Man came eating and drinking. In fact, he uses the word feasting and drinking. And you said, he's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of sinners. Wow. That's his comparison with John the Baptist. He's the good one. He's the one that acts spiritual and religious and does all the right stuff. And nothing wrong with that. A lot of you are that way. Go ahead, because I'm not. They need you to be. I work on it every day. I'm doing my best. But Jesus, Son of God, says, I was on the other side of that, and you call me a drunkard and a glutton and a friend of sinners. Huh. I think all my friends are sinners. I, I, I don't know for sure, but I think so. But John knew where he was. A voice. A famous, pretty famous dude named Steve Jobs made the statement that um, about, uh, about people and how you look at yourself. And he says, we have a very limited time to live. So don't waste it trying to be someone else. And, you know, one of the things about social media, y'all, some of y'all put your devices up. Get them dudes back out. You're going to need it. Here in a second, when y'all get bored, I want to be able to tell it's time to quit. Good Lord. Um, you're never going to keep up with Steve Jobs, by the way. Entrepreneur, businessman, brainy, invented all kinds of stuff. Uh, got blamed for 
COVID. Yeah, I don't know. You know, all kinds of. I don't know what what all he did, but you know, he's got money. That's for sure. Which don't mean anything. You know, a lot of people have had money. But in comparing yourself to others, that social media thing is one of the worst deals. Because you look on there and you see somebody you graduated from high school with. And they're making tons of money and their family loves them and their wife loves them and their kids are all, always over at their house. And, and you're going, man, why am I like that? Man, look, at that dude was a dork in school. And look how much money he's made. Look how well off he's got it. And you start comparing yourself and you feel, you know, you wake up feeling just fine and you pull out your phone and you're scrolling through Facebook and you're this person you didn't like in school, they got it all together and you don't. You're like, crud, why they got it so good? Look how many posts, look how many people posted on their birthday. Look how many people wish them a happy birthday. Look, their kids are with them every weekend. Yeah, the kids may not like that either. <laughs> Parents don't know it yet, but them grown kids are tired of that bull hockey. They're ready to move on to some new friends, not just family. I got to drink some coffee. Y'all hold on just a second. Be a good time to check Facebook. You know, the thing about John was he was real. He knew where he was, but it was a real deal. In fact, it was so real that uh, Matthew talks about, you don't have a kid named Matthew, do you? Is that the gospel we missed in the Miller Boys? Oh, I know why you go back. I know why you use the other one. There you go. That's it. All right. I, I, yeah, I understand. Huh. Wow. John died a gruesome death. You know, I was a young dancing girl got him killed, and they, and they will, be careful, uh, but he doubted, John doubted, he gets put in jail, it's not good, not good, Herod, he's a bad motor scooter, and uh, He's known for, I mean, the Herod family killed each other over positions. So they didn't have any problem killing you. But oh, he kind of liked Herod. He, he, Herod kind of liked John because he was afraid of him because he knew John had something going on there that most people didn't have going on. Put him in prison because he talked bad about him. He, you know, Herod had taken Philip, his brother, Philip's wife, and it got all complicated and and uh, John made a statement about that, which, you know, there's you a little lesson. Be careful who you comment about, but um, um, can't trump that. But um, John, in prison, his disciples are visiting him. His followers come to see him. And he says, hey, guys, um, I need you all to do something for me. Go find Jesus. This is cousin Jesus. Go find Jesus and ask him if he's the one or if we're waiting for another one. Whoa, 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 wait. 
brakes on that Corvette. Fun to drive, by the way. I drove the red one before the sons did. <laughs> um, just to tell you all how special I am. Been told that since I was real little by my oldest sister. Um, but it wasn't just something to do. John baptized his cousin and said, this is the Lamb of God the Scripture talked about. John said, I saw the Spirit descend like a dove and sit on him, and I heard a voice. Funny that he says he's a voice. Because he says, I heard a voice say, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. It wasn't that voice through the go to Africa. It was, he heard a voice that said, this is my beloved son in whom I well pleased. And he said, I know this. I know him. He pointed, like I said earlier, to his disciples and said, look, the Lamb of God. And they followed him. And he was fine with that. And now he's in prison. And it's hard, and it's cold, and it's lonely, and it's depressing, and it's stressful, and it's frustrating. And you wonder, why? How? Who am I really? What have I really accomplished? Is there anything good that I've really done? Do I actually just deserve this? My suffering because I've sinned, because I'm not perfect, because I haven't kept up. What's going on here? And I don't know if that's really the Son of God or not. After all I've said and after all I've thought and after all I thought I knew and believed, boys, go ask Jesus, is he the one or do we wait for another one? Wow. Isn't that heavy? I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about John the Baptist, the son of Zechariah and Elizabeth, the miracle baby, the one who had crowds, politicians and everybody, soldiers, all kinds of people came out to hear him speak. He drew crowds in places where crowds don't draw. And now he's saying, oh, not sure, not sure. And you know what? When those guys got to Jesus, Jesus said, go tell John what you're seeing happen here. You're seeing people be healed. You're seeing people delivered, you're seeing miracles happen, you're hearing the word of the Lord, go tell John that. He didn't say, well, that sorry cousin of mine, what's wrong with him? Don't he know better? He's been around this stuff all his life. He should know better. Nope. No condescending words whatsoever. He just says, go tell him what you're seeing. 
Of course, it wasn't long after that, John lost his head. Literally. Herod paid for that one, don't you know? But doubting didn't start with John. See, Zechariah in the temple, when Gabriel appeared to him and said, you're going to have a son, he doubted. In fact, the reason he came out and couldn't talk, he was doing sign language, which I know like three things in sign language, and I can't do them in church. Um, <laughs> um, but he came out and had to explain through hand movements that he had seen a vision. He doubted. So the doubting didn't start with John. It it came down from somebody else. The problems you have, they probably didn't start with you. They started with your mom and daddy. Some of you, I knew your mom and daddy, so yeah. It's a miracle you can sit up and feed yourself. Uh, But... (laughs) Don't let yourself... Are the comparisons, are the callings, are the careers, are the professions, or the education? Oh, you should always desire to better yourself, to do more, to go further, to learn more. It's a constant battle for me learning. Y'all know that song? <laughs> Mean stop. Thank you, God, for what you've given us today. Help us to learn from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Ronnie. You know, maybe somebody here today has questioned God, therefore you're questioning your identity. Is God really who he says he is? Can he really do what he says he can do? Would you just bow your heads for a few minutes? This morning, just where you're at, I want to revisit the good news of who Jesus is. God loved the world so much that he sent his son into the world to die for the world. That whoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. This morning, right where you're at, if you've never received Jesus Christ into your life, The Bible says that when we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that we are saved. That's not something that I or any other speaker made up. That's what the Word of God says. But it's up to each one of us to put our faith into that. Because if we put our faith into that, faith is being sure the things we hope for and certain of the things we do not see. Even though we can't see it, we put our faith and believe and who Jesus is and what he's come to do in our life. This morning, you can confess with your mouth, God, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. 
And I want you to understand that that's not the last day. It's the beginning of your eternity. That the abundant life that Jesus said that he has come to give you begins then. And this morning, if you're here and you say, well, pastor, I've received Jesus as a child or maybe even later in life, but I, I wonder sometimes, just like John, is God who he says he is? And maybe you've allowed that discussion to go on inside of you so much that it's caused circumstances to change in your life for the worst. Maybe you've been chasing things and trying to fulfill that, that desire, that hole that was something that is not correct. And you've realized you've gone from one thing to the other, to the other, to the other. And I want to encourage you again to remind it of the love of God in your life. There's a story about a woman at the well, and she had tried to fix it with relationships in her life, but the only true water, the only true thing that would fulfill and quench that thirst was Jesus Christ. And this morning, if you're in that situation, you can say, God, again, I need your grace in my life just to forgive me of my sins, forgive me of all the distractions I've allowed into my life. God, I'm deciding to, again, return to your love and walk with you through this life. Allow God to be God in your life. Let me pray. Father, today, you know each one of these. Father, you know us so well. God, your word even says you know the number of hair on our head. God, you know us down to the, you know us better than we know ourselves. And Father, you still love us. God, you can still forgive us of our sins, the things that we feel like nobody would forgive us, but God, you'll forgive us because you said you would. This morning, right where we sit, the good news is, Father, that you love us and you want to be with us. God, we come against thoughts to try to talk us out that, God, that you are a good father. Father, we thank you for that, that, God, that you're in our life and that you love us. Father, today is a new day. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, Ronnie. And that's a powerful message. When people come to that, the enemy can speak into their life. Each one of us has to choose. We're not going to allow that to happen. It is something that is very uh, easy to do, even in John the Baptist's life. This morning, I want to, again, thank all those that helped in our outreach yesterday. Uh, They started earlier and ended up later, uh, just continually working. And you guys that came realized how uh, wonderful that is in our community to be a part of that. We thank Sabelle and Luke for all the hard work that went into that. Let's, again, give them a hand. If you didn't realize what gets rewarded gets repeated. So we want Sabella and Luke to do it next year, just like it. Anyway, and thank you for all of you that came and, and showed your support. Would you stand with me? On the way out, be reminded that you can be uh, being able to give. The ushers will be at the door with the offering plate. Uh, remember our missions around the world that we support and all the good things that God is doing in our lives. Father, as we leave today, Father, take Allow us, God, help us. God, remind us of the word that was spoken. 
And Father, for some of us right now that has been spoken to through the word, the Holy Spirit speaking in our life because of the word that went forth today, God, help us to take action immediately. And Father, that we might see again your Holy Spirit working in our life. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming to the chapel this morning.